This is the Howard's Way podcast from Antique Dust. Story so far. Lynn has suddenly uh, got rid of her soap opera amnesia. Leo's got a bee in his bonnet about a nature reserve that Ken Masters wants to tarmac over. Uh, Charles Freer is doing some nonsense things with Viscounts and business and divorcing. And Polly is trying to push... Uh, the delightful and slightly begrudging Abby into the ongoing path that is the uh, very wealthy Oren Hudson. Anyway, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. Dust. Woo! And we are following the glorious, glorious 1980s superstar soap opera drama that is Howard's Woo! This episode was first aired on the 21st of September 1986. Wow. I know. And And do you want to hear what... um, What does IMDb say about this glorious, glorious episode? Is it as long-winded as last week's? And did did the person writing actually watch the episode? (laughs) It's even longer this week. So, here we go. Shellet noses around the marina and later concocts a potentially deadly surprise for Jack. Mm-hmm. Avril finds Frere, an unwelcome visitor, in her home, and he's also warned away by Tom. Jan bristles when Lynn volunteers to help her father safeguard the Barracuda. Avril learns about Jack's disaster at sea. Ken delays making a firm commitment to Jan and Claude's fashion venture. The CID question Jack. Frere demands that Gerald expedite divorce proceedings. Claude and Jan disagree about Ken's jealousy. Frere envisions a development that exceeds Ken's dreams, and later he sets a personal scheme in motion. Ken says yes to one partner, but no to another. And Tom discovers that two of his most precious possessions are missing. Well, it did actually seem like the actual person that wrote this actually did watch the episode. It's the same person who writes all these. Really? It's a, it's a person called Skip Eastport. Skip Eastport? Yeah, that what? does sound a bit of a made-up name, to it, be does, fair. it does. It does. <laughs> but these, uh, these plot summaries and synopses are all sort of user... Um, it's contributed. They're not. Oh, right. They're, they're not written they're by... Not by fans. <laughs> well, but I imagine they probably are by fans. <laughs> But not written by IMDb staff. Oh, right. Okay. Well. 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 So, Lynn has obviously recovered miraculously from her soap opera amnesia. Yes. Um, Being driven into a seawall tends to do that. Well, it was more of a sandbag. But it wasn't actually... They they avoided driving it. They avoided it. it. But just by the skin of their teeth. Maybe the NHS should do that. Sort of like drive people at high speed at brick walls to see if they make them better. Do you think that would work? <laughs> no, but it's worth a go. It's worth a go. It's worth a go. <laughs> so, don't suggest that to Matt Hancock. Whatever you do, <laughs> no, he'd probably try to charge a tax or something. <laughs> so, so um, right, okay. This episode, I really enjoyed it. Did you know? I really, really did. Well, oh, they seem to have got into a rhythm but it's it seems as though they just like have an explodium of thoughts an explodium explodium i know we'll get on to that later wow. mm, see what mm. it is there and i basically just like throw so much at there was lots of little plot lines and then avoid 
doing anything with some others, some of them, and leave them hanging. And then other ones, they seem to round them off really yeah. nicely. Well, there's only so much you can fit into one 45-minute episode, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, so the episode starts with the boat that, that, that um, Jack took out for a bit of a run around the bay and then whinged that the that the rigging wasn't tight enough and blah, 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 blah. Um, so Davy, we see Davy again. We see oh, Davy you, again. Oh, you were saying that. Oh, I didn't know Davy was in so no. much. I mean, he was, I think Davy, uh, who is the apprentice on the Mermaid Yard um, and sort of hits the demographic for diversity, um, he he is in, I think he's up to end of series two. Right. I don't think he's in anything else. But okay. we watched another thing with Davy in it sort of last night while we dipped into it. Rita, Sue and Bob too. He was doing a, it was a minicab driver, no, yeah. minicab operator. Uh, so he was taking the phone calls and sort of had a bit of a, a sort of a, a dialogue with what, either Rita or Sue or both. <laughs> <laughs> the interchangeable girls. Uh, well, that's a bit hard. Interge- <laughs> well, one was blonde and one was a brunette. <laughs> they were about the same age. <laughs> yeah. One was Michelle Holmes, another one was Siobhan Finner, and yeah. both of which are extremely good accomplished actresses. And they also had Leslie Sharp. <laughs> yes. Which was very good. Leslie Sharp was about the same age as both of them as well. So. Um, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. There, there's, there, there's not much of an age difference, not really. So for Leslie yeah. Sharp playing the, the, the mother for whom they're babysitting is a... Yeah. It's a bit of a stretch. A bit of a stretch, but <laughs> suspend your disbelief. <laughs> so, anyway, it starts off with Davy sorting the rigging out, and then Shellet arrives, and then at Dick Shellet. Dick Shellet. He's still Alex. lurking around. Well, he's lurking around on the railway bridge. They must have got, they got a lot of value out of that railway bridge. I Everyone know. seems to lurk. Everyone seems to lurk. Either they're, they're arriving at Tarrant yeah. uh, or wanting to fling themselves off it. Yeah, it's sort of the equivalent of the East Enders Black Cab, really, yeah. isn't it? Uh, Herald's arrival and departure. <laughs> so, so he's there wandering around there and uh, is concocting some sort of dastardly plan. Um, yeah, it is a bit it's, it's a bit roadrunner, but we'll get onto that yeah, in, in, in a moment. So, so, so it starts with Shellet and he's sort of, well, it starts with Davy sort the rigging out and and Shellet. Shellet has obviously been snubbed, he's no money. Um, he had a confrontation with Jack after he broke into the house. Yes. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's just like, really? So just go. It's, yeah. But he's out for revenge. Yeah, so, and he pretty much gets it. So he has a wander around the boat, and Davy says, all right, everyone's gone for the day, so you can come in, but this boat's coming on the market, and he has a bit of a sniff around. Yeah, and Jack's taking it out in the morning. So, he, 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 I have to say, Davy is a bit of a blabbermouth, really. You wouldn't want to, to entrust him with any secrets. He's personable. <laughs> but I don't think... it's not None of it's particularly sort of secretive, really. I mean, because the guy says, I'm interested in buying a boat, and he says it's up for sale, and everyone's back tomorrow, but it's being taken out on, on its paces tomorrow. So, uh, anyway, Shellet has a sniff around. It looks really disappointing inside the boat, in fairness. I mean, so all the other boats have got sort of like kitchens and galleys and blah, 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 blah. And this is just, it's a small boat, isn't it? Yeah. So. I guess that, that represents what it, the boat, I know nothing about boats, as any, any regular listeners to this podcast will be very aware. But in, in, you have a complete love for 1980s sort of dramas. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. But that's I, your I, raisin d'etre. My, my, <laughs> that's, that's your favourite hobnob. My chocolate raisin d'etre. <laughs> um, Other biscuits and Jaffa cakes may apply. Yes. yes. However... Um, I sort of imagine that the way that the boat is laid out internally re- reflects the, the use that it's be, to be put. Yeah, it's it's a, a day, it didn't it's come a across as a boat the way you would live aboard. No, 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 no. It's not like the Barracuda or, well, that's the, a, or the Flying that's, Fish. That's a different that, kettle of Gosh, yes, fish. that is. So he, a, he, a different variety of fish. Anyway. So Shellet comes up with this dastardly plan. Dastardly plan. Um, we see you, you can virtually see the the cogs going in his head. He's a good character actor, but he is really pantomiming. Oscar Kitek, I think his name, or Kitek. Oh, but he 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 
he is he's very pantomime villain esque, especially with the music. Just, yeah, with that. Yeah, it's like kind of doing 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 doing. It's like slightly off it's, key. Yeah, but it's slightly recognisable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's more, so he, it's more like a nineteen sixties spy thriller music. Yeah, it is. It's which, oh, what, what, so, oh yeah, yeah, something like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy sort of thing. Yes, yeah, so, something set in Russia. So he then goes back to his digs. I think he's, I'm, not, I'm not sure if he's still in his hotel or he's in some sort. I don't know. It's a, some boarding house. Well, I, I guess no, he's not. I, th- I think it's not the. It's not, not the, hotel. the hotel because it's but, no longer being paid for by, by the Frere organisation. So he so he's decamped he's to deca- something slightly less uh, hubris. Yeah. Um, so the landlady says, "Well, you owe me a week's rent," and. And he slams the door in her face. I'll go to the comment. I'll go to the post office tomorrow. So and then he goes fiddling around with. Yes. So in the meantime, he's managed to acquire explodium. Explodium. Yeah, a couple of sticks a, of dynamite. It's amazing. So it's attached explodium to a travel clock yes. and a massive battery. You know, yeah. it, was, it was those type of batteries that you'd get in, in your bike lamps. Remember way back when you used to have those. The one of the first lots of bike lamps that. Uh, they had massive, massive batteries, yes. which is virtually the size of the bike lamp. Yeah, big square batteries. Yeah, so he's, he's got, but There's it's two a big terminals square flat on the, one yeah. thing. Yeah, so but um, I managed to squeeze it all into the obligatory cigar c- box. Cigar box. Which so it, you have to put a bomb in a cigar box. You can't put it in any other container. No, oh, it's quite fitting because it is. It is for 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 the lovely Jack, who is fond cigar of a cigar. Spray. Yeah. So, but you just think, where the hell did he get? Exploded from. Well, I know that he probably worked in mines, so his work is he's probably used to working with explosives. But well, where did he get the in Tarrant? Is it sort of is it next to Perry Plews? Like Explodians are us. Does, does, <laughs> does, does, does Masters Chandlery sell TNT? <laughs> yeah. Yes, we need to know. Is, is it or is it a special thing with Relta Marine as well as fiberglass bathtubs as well as fiberglass well yeah. boats? We need these these answers. Or, or, need ma- or maybe <laughs> there's questions need answering. Yeah, may, maybe there's a mine just outside Tarrant. Yeah, and he, yeah and it's the gold mine, it's the diamond the gold, mine. There's a diamond mine and he stole some explosive. <laughs> it's a mine for cotton for cotton fabric, for, for designer gowns. <laughs> so, day wear and evening. Um, so a, di- he, a diamond tube mine. So he sets the, uh, the, the plan in motion, um, which, and then he goes, breaks onto the boat, puts it in the middle of this yacht, uh, or it's not a yacht; it's more of a sailboat, and um, and then sort of yeah, he tiptoes, tiptoes on t- into <laughs> yes, onto on the yard, yes. <laughs> Dick Dastardly style with his twinkly music, is his off-key music, and then Jack the following day goes out in the boat and he's sailing, uh, but yeah. it does look like they used virtually yes. the same footage. Yes. Well, it was. It, it, they I, I suspect it. that it was either all filmed at the same time or they reused some of last week's footage of Jack sailing because the the sea conditions were identical cool. he was dry, dressed identically, identically. yeah um, you don't you don't fool us that easy so we see him sail, sailing away and it looks really awful and and then a, a speedboat goes past and then suddenly kaboom kaboom and jack is is catapulted sort of, is catapulted, catapulted. With, with the with the beam uh, off the boat and into the water, and then you see lots of underwater things. Yeah, we see There's lots of underwater comatose acting. Yes, marvelous, Jack. It's marvelous. Well done. Uh, so he gets pulled Until out. Until he's pulled out by stuntman extraordinaire Gareth Mill. And somebody else that I can recognise, but I don't, can't remember what I recognise him from. I think he's probably just one of those. One of those faces. I'm not sure. Maybe in trainer because we've started. So, dear, dear, dear listeners, we've got. We say we. I, I got the box set of trainer. Well, <gasps> when 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 we say box set, oh, it's, it's it's not available on open market. No, it's actually a, a DVD transfer of an off air broadcast from Scotland from BBC One Scotland it's still got the the revolving globe Globe. and everything at the start and the announcer's voiceover it's (laughs) marvellous it really takes me back (laughs) I'm not sure I think he's I think he may have been in an episode of that because we've only watched a few episodes of that so far we need to devour the rest of that series Um, so 
yeah, so he, he gets pulled out. Um, and Does a bit of mouth to mouth. Mouth to mouth. And it's like, oh, he's dead. And then it cuts <laughs> no, he's, away. He's uh, dead. He's not. <laughs> no, he's not. No, and then he's, he's been, then we get Davy running running towards Avril on the boatyard. Uh, said, oh, he's been taken to hospital. She doesn't even ask why, what's happened. She just dashes off into a Golf GTI convertible. Um, and then we set, gets cut to Jack sort of laying comatose in bed with a very a sort of aggressive looking uh look at me look at me attention seeking um sort of patient in the following bed trying to, it's obviously uh, it's just a background artist yes but, <laughs> but you know you would, you would want to make the make the most of your and there was, a, was also another sort of uh, overly aggressive sort of look at me look at me background artist in the lift um when a sort of so the police inspector or the CID person comes out of the lift and we see him panning along to go and interview Jack. Um, and she's got big Deirdre Barlow specs on and she's like aggressively near the buttons trying to do something in an attention-seeking manner. So, jamming, jamming the buttons. Jamming, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so moving swiftly on. So moving swiftly on, Jack has no idea why something's blown up. And, I, and in fairness, I can pretty understand it because there doesn't seem to be any electrics whatsoever or any anything combustible on that boat. There's it no is gas. A, no gas. No, there's no gas. I think it only had an outboard as well. So it's not as though it's anything on those lines. So CID are sniffing around, which is understandable. Jack seems a little bit subdued, obviously, because he's, well, he's just been blown he's, up. He's nearly been he killed. Be. Uh, and uh, and so Avril is obviously concerned, and then uh, in the the Jack storyline goes along because he was meant to be going on the Barracuda to doing across the Atlantic to go to New well, York. Well, he's not going to be doing that now. Is he's he? not going to be doing that now because obviously because so, it's been blown up. Because now Tom has bought all this this technology and gadgets to bolt onto the Barracuda to help with his his his, uh, his cross his cross Atlantic sort of sailing mission and uh, um, so it's th- so that that is up in a gear so he was meant to be doing that in a few days time so there was lots of tins of beans coming coming on board yeah it's a solo it's a, it's a solo crossing so no one's going to be inconvenienced by all these beans <laughs> no in fact it might it, speed the boat with the wind yes <laughs> it might speed the passage of the boat so yeah, so th- so that that storyline yeah. seems so so yeah. So the CID chap tells Jack about the explosion and where the hole is and how big it is, and and uh, even though Jack professes to have no idea, um, clearly there's something odd, something peculiar has happened. Good. And then he later discloses to to Tom when Tom mm. comes to visit him that um, his suspicions. Mm. Because there was no gas, he suggested to the CID chap that it might have been flares. Though I don't think he was wearing them, so I'm not quite <laughs> sure. <laughs> Get a bit of would... extra wind from yeah. extra power. Yes. No, so, so he has a suspicion. I have no idea what what Jack's motivation is for not telling for not telling about Shellet, um, because obviously there's been a court case where Shellet has tried to to take take back the boatyard and the house and the assets and everything and so why is he being so quiet i don't know maybe jack's feeling a bit awkward about the whole well i think jack has done bad in the past i I think i I think i think so i I suspect his reasoning will be something to do with the the sort of family connection and yeah his late wife and feeling bad about the, the situation mm. that he doesn't immediately want to um, drop Dick. No, in, in the in, in the quagmire. Yeah. No, but I don't understand that because so Shellis is a bit of nasty piece of work. Well, yes, he just tried to blow him up. So I mean, it does seem like a, a very interesting backstory that it so spoilers really um, that isn't investigated any further, which is. Peculiar because it would. I mean, I, I think we have discussed it in a previous podcast. I think it would be really, really lovely to do an early years of Jack um, and Jack's story. A bit like first of the summer wine. Yeah, I, I think even just just doing a, like a one-off thing with regards to the Mermaid Yard and how maybe take it off from a part where Jack is sort of burying his wife and bringing up 
Avril single-handedly and it's told in a little bit of flashback in that way and how he moves on and becomes a father because I think uh, because th there is a really really strong father-daughter bond there which I think is really quite 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 lovely it's a marvelous suggestion anyway so moving on moving on so Tom is has rebonded with Lynn um, Lynn has offered to stay out, is worried with all this new technology being put onto Barracuda for its Atlantic crossing, um, that it's sort of going to be... Yes, it's not for, secure. It's not secure, so it should be put, put out on a, a, mooring, on a mooring, and someone should stay on it, and she offers to stay on it. Uh, Jan's not very happy about that. Well, given that she's she's, she's very recently had a, a, a traumatic head injury. Yeah. I, I, Soap opera amnesia. I, I, I think it's really fair enough to be concerned about. But I think I, I think Jan's I think Jan has slight ulterior motives of that because it's as though she's got say Lynn has an allegiance with Jan for the circumstances, and Lynn has now gone back. Yeah, so she's sort of she's repaired side, her relationship with, with with her father, and and maybe you're right. Maybe Jan's feeling a little bit. Sort of pushed out out on, out on a limb and i think it's if it, jan is needing to get control um which is really very it's that's very noticeable because she's looking for funding for the periplu empire um with claude yes claude's back claude's back Woo! Yay! yeah we like claude with with a ponytail with a ponytail i think he had a ponytail before but i don't think it was as ratty as this one Maybe the previous one just fell off, and they that the sort of well, they, they probably had to, you know, had to to fiddle with his wig because <laughs> it will be a wig. Let's face it; it's not going to be his real hair. <laughs> so yeah, it's I say Claude is back, and uh, Claude is introduced to Kate. Kate's charmed, and Claude. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really strange encounter, I thought, with um, there because Kate's. Kate behaves almost like it's her house. Like yeah. She sort of goes to John. Well, take Claude through to the to the to the through line. I'll make tea, and I'll make the tea. It's almost like she was quite proprietorial about. Well, I think about she is, and I think it's, it, it's. I mean, because the story that happened there, because so Jan is feeling a little bit discombobulated because Kate and Jan have that little bit of a uh, a tete a tete because obviously. Jan's feeling the loss of everything at the moment because everything's up in the air. She's got projects to do. Ken Masters is stringing her along with regards to funding for the new boutique, and Claude is, is sort of. She he was she was worried about Claude not getting involved because his engagement to this fashionista family in Paris and all that. And thing. Claude, Claude yeah. has a has a, a lovely. A lovely monologue, doesn't he? Which <sighs> actually just clunked in the in the dialogue, like it, really it was completely I mean, out, it, it, out, yeah. out of place, and was so unrealistic as to be unbelievable. But it, it was like he was basically summarising sort of Jan things. It's, it's all well and good to be unfaithful in a marriage, but you don't be unfaithful to your to the person that you're having an affair to, um, and the. So, so he was being very modern and European modern, um, and it's I think it basically yeah. summarised everything. Yeah, it, I mean the, the the message was was fine. The delivery was shocking. Was <laughs> he, 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 he could maintain a couple of sentences of, of the French, and then has to have a lie down in a dark room. But that was quite a long monologue and it you felt was. like it was he, practically Shakespearean you could tell that say for a couple of days he had practiced that I monologue was, I was waiting for a couple of centurions to come <laughs> running on <laughs> and appealing togas it was so Shakespearean yeah it was it, it just felt like okay he was just plowing through that dialogue and I don't and I don't think we've had and I don't think we have any dialogue where you have that amount of dump or yeah. dialogue. I mean, you do have a little bit of woe is me from Abby. I mean, Abby's, uh, Abby does have a tendency to have sort of quite long protracted thing, but then in between her long protracted thing, she's looking out to the middle distance and sort of has a pause. Yeah, but gen <laughs> generally speaking, the dialogue is delivered quite naturalistically in conversation, whereas to suddenly have a soliloquy 
It reminded me a bit when, say, obviously the cliffhanger that Claude was getting married to some fashionista and, and, uh, <laughs> and Kate said, oh, I took a message. It was from Claude. Everything's Every, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's coming. Yeah, that summarised us. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that anymore. But the thing is, the Kate, the Kate character, she, the actress that plays her, is a very, very seasoned actress, and she thinks she 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 takes everything in her stride. But the actor that plays Claude, Malcolm Jameson, who the Scottish actor Malcolm Jameson, yeah. <laughs> who takes it so so seriously. Whereas I think so, the Kate character, the Kate character, just just she takes just, it. She, all yeah, in she fine. just kind of brushed it, br- brushed it off, and just delivered it in a fairly naturalistic way. Oh, by the way. Claude blah, 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 phoned, blah, blah, blah. and everything's fine. You have to worry. <laughs> blah, blah, get blah, blah, get blah, blah, some, buy, buy some butter and a pint of milk. You know. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, and now and then, so the Claude, Claude and Jan then go to Ken asking for commitment. Ken is still not giving commitment. Ken's sailing close to the to the wind and they're very very they come back to the house and they're very upset they 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 let kate know that he's being difficult and everything and kate says well i don't really like that man anyway um you don't see no and then then there's that there was a scene with 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 jan's storyline through this where she goes and meets up with ken at his 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 bachelor pad and they're, they're, so they're talking. She says, well, do I start, need to start knocking on doors to get funding in? And I say, if I was a... She says something which is... And it really jarred. I say, if I was a man and I was coming to you with this proposition, um, would you take it? And he said, Ken Masters' character says... I wouldn't mind you being a man uh, if, if I, I could, could be, be a woman. woman. Uh, and, uh, and really, uh, uh, that just... Oh. Really? Oh, oh, that was so yeah. cringy. We've, we've we've hit peak cheese. Yeah, that's peak peak cheese. And um, I, I, when I get the I, I get the sentiments of supposed humour in that, but it wasn't but very funny. It wasn't very funny. Jan didn't take it as very funny. I was funny. totally um, misjudged. And um, bravo, Jan. Jan, she she leaves. Um, and I think it's it's very apparent that. Ken Masters wants to have Jan as a pet, as a pet or an acquisition yes. rather than as an equal. However, it's the equivalent of the 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 husband setting up the wife in a, a little a little business, a little yeah, or interior that, interior design business or, or it, a little yeah a little boutique shop yeah, just to, to keep to, you busy to keep to keep to keep them occupied i mean is, i mean that that is prevalent it's sort of in in cheshire is there's so many so because obviously i've worked as i work in property in cheshire and i've worked in the golden triangle and everything like that and many to explain the golden triangle the golden triangle is where the highest number of millionaires live outside of london so what is the popcorn? the golden triangle is Audley, Edge, Wilmslow, and Presbury. Right. Um, so it's a so that that those those three areas uh, create a triangle, and all the people that live in or just outside are say there's the highest propensity of millionaires. So are we talking footballers and their wives? <sighs> well, the footballers have gravitated to it, but it was a golden triangle before the right. footballers in mm-hmm. because it is actual old money, new money made money and aspirational money um and it is that type of thing where say going back in the sort of 90s when i was working in that area then and the the early 2000s um the you'd have the rich businessman that is away a lot and they'd set the the wife up in a business and it would either normally it was either a a a clothing boutique a bit like Perry perry um or a lot of it was interior design, um, so you used to have they used to upgrade the, the the wife to a Range Rover, so she had a Range. And fill of, it full of scatter cushions. The, the, the back the the, the 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 back seat was full of like sort of fabric samples and scatter cushions. An um, objet d'art. Uh, yeah, and that was it. And it was knickknacks. And there was a lot of house. I say there was there was one particular wife uh, of it was actually a footballer. 
and she got into doing interiors and doing kitchens and yeah and I was picking up the pieces of these kitchens literally what well, um, bits were dropping off well she yeah well yes and no these kitchens they were very extravagant kitchens but they were very country tweedy kitchens so you had lots of finials big knobs oh. and all of that sort of stuff they were, they were shoddily glued they weren't shot no they were, it was very very well built but these kitchens you knew who had been in and done this kitchen because oh. she for uh, everyone i think for a period of 18 months everyone had the same frigging kitchen oh, i see uh, um and these kitchens they look okay and but they don't age very well it's like when, these, when you see these modern developments where these gorgeous gorgeous houses and flats and they've got these big swanky kitchens and the moment you move in about six months later it instantly looks dated it's like having an avocado bathroom suite. It probably in the seventies it looked super fashionable and oh, very modern and yes. you're so swanky. But now you look at it and you think that's freaking vile. I I can recall house hunting in the late nineties, and practically every uh, property I went into had a a red kidney bathroom oh. suite. I, in fact, I did buy a house uh, when I was flipping houses and it had this god-awful avocado bathroom suite. Um, but it had very plain neutral tiles and it was on the market with another agent for absolutely ages. It did, did the rounds around other agents and it dropped and dropped and dropped. And everyone was put off by this house. And I bought it, I got it for a steal, uh, changed, the, changed the bathroom and sold it for 40 grand more within six months. And I bet you didn't spend forty grand on a bathroom. No, I would say at the time there was a B and Q, or not a B and Q, it was a Focus DIY or Do It All, and they had a deal with this white bathroom suite, which cost under two hundred quid, um, and then you got a discount if you just recently bought it a house for another fifteen percent off. Wow! So I bought an entire bathroom suite and just ripped it Practically out. Practically free. And, and, and as some, someone came in, it only took half a day. Uh, kept the tiles, painted the ceiling, painted the walls around it. And slung it, slung, slung it on the on the market. It just the whole house just needed decorating, new carpet, and it, and the bathroom suite made forty grand profit. Wow. <laughs> but these kitchens were really really expensive, and I mean people were spending fifty, sixty, seventy grand on these kitchens, and they didn't add any value onto the property. And there was one particular person that spent an absolute fortune on this kitchen. They just bought the house, and then I think he, the husband lost his job. He had a really good paid oh, job and mm. lost his job. They had to sell the house, mm. and they had to sell the house for less than they paid for it. And they'd spent over a hundred and odd grand on these supposedly improvements because the wife of the husband wanted to get in with the interior designer's circle of friends. So to get into the circle of friends, she thought she'd buy in and buy this expensive kitchen and then various cushions and soft furnishings and things like that. I felt so sorry for her because I could have said, Look, no, don't do it, don't do it. Um, but she thought she knew better and spent over 100 grand. And 100 grand was a lot of money back in the 90s. That's was. Anyway, how did we get onto that? Um, we got onto it with... Ooh, um, oh, I remember Jan, Jan. Being, being a pet, Ken's pet. Yeah, and Jan and doesn't she's want not to happy. be a pet. She does not want to be a pet. No, she doesn't want to be a pet. Ken's been building her up to be a businesswoman, and she does not want to be knocked back down to. I don't think Ken. I mean, he he knew Ken that has misjudged this whole situation he, right from the completely. Beginning. And it's like right with Ken. Ken is misjudging working with Charles. Yep, um, because Charles is still tolerating Ken's existence and sniffing around. But, but he, I say this this sort of regards to development he wants to do. I mean, I mean, last week Ken was talking about maybe having some chalets and that sort of thing, and now Charles is thinking, though. So what I want, I want sort of hotels. I want offices. Yeah, Charles's plans are much bigger, bigger than than Ken has okay, bargained I, for. Because uh, because Charles actually says, I want more, and I want to put it 
more on the map. I don't want it to be a Butlins. He wants a business centre. Business centre where, where, where you can hire... Typing pools with word processors. You can hire a computer <laughs> and play Pong. That, 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 that little... Yeah, that like little, sort of dated a little bit. That, it, little that bit. has date, that dated a little bit. And Gerald... And also he's asking Gerald to sort the divorce out. And I think Gerald is his... Business associate is 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 right hand man. How's how's Gerald gonna sort out Honey Go Lightly? Honey Gardener. Honey, Ga- Honey Gardener. <laughs> yes, Gerald. I want you to expedite my divorce. <laughs> what? He's not even a lawyer. <laughs> Yes. He's an accountant. I mean, what? <laughs> He's an accountant that does lots of business dealings and what have you. Uh, so, oh, but it was really. I mean, even you mentioned that. Even that, I mentioned. Yeah, so we mentioned. So we've got Ken driving to one place, talking the same business thing, and then he drives to another place to discuss the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah. So we've got we've got uh, Charles and and Gerald. They're wandering around the the Hythe uh, Marina Village, mm-hmm. which is a real place, by yeah. the way, and um, was one of the very first of that style of marina villages to be developed. Yeah. I, I discovered on it. Into web, mm. so they're having this conversation about blah 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 business centers, blah 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 hard computers, and then the location changes, but they're having exactly the same, same conversation. conversation. It it just, the conversation is just like continuing on. It's like what are you trying to fill it, fill the space? And we did have a, a bit of a filler space with with Davy running across the yard. And then we had Avril running across the yard to a thing. Miss Avril, Miss Avril. Yeah. Uh, Daddy, my daddy. They do feel as though that this episode could have probably been trimmed down about 10 minutes. Oh, it's it's no disrespect. It was all very, very great. And it was all lovely. So, but they could have trimmed it down 10 minutes and the the plot would have still been there. It would have still stood up. But the way they, they they padded it together, it did feel a little bit. There was yeah, there was a lot of business bollocks conversations. Yeah, that probably could have done without. And so so we've got so Gerald is has been sort of given further responsibility, even more responsibilities to sort out the marriage and this and make appointments and la 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 la. I don't think we see Samantha anymore. No, I think we don't, we don't see the yacht. Well, she's, she, yeah, he she she was attached to the yacht, so presumably wherever the yacht has been parked samantha will be there <laughs> samantha's still answering the file of facts so leafing through the file of facts and answering faxes yeah <laughs> and dealing with boat business <laughs> moving moving the, the patio furniture around yeah. the deck <laughs> so yeah or she might have just been fired no oh, i don't think so she was too good looking to be fired so, uh, so we have so we have that with with Charles, and then we have another scene towards the later late, later episode with Charles wandering around Chichi Bang Bang in in the yeah, up to the Bewley, He's up to Bewley. National Motor Museum. It looked like it was cruising. Yeah, but, it, it did actually. That the pair of them did look like they were just heading off in the directions of the gents. To, yeah, to it did feel like yeah, mm. and they're, they're, they're leaping was, yeah, through a glossy brochure on the uh, yeah. Bewley. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't have like sort of the the jazzy Charles Frere <laughs> the music, sexy, sexy house the sexy music. time music, sexy time. That would have given a totally different yeah. perspective. And, and the disability loo comes available for extra extra movement. Yeah, but anyway, it turns out that that Charles is hiring a a, a, a gigolo, gigolo to uh, a honey trap, uh, to, a, li- a literal a, a honey, a honey trap. gardener trap, a honey gardener trap. So he's obviously planning to to expedite the. Uh, uh, the, the divorce quicker yes. than expected, but again, by, by having uh, sort of uh, photographs of her in helic- flagrante delicto, yeah, and with this so, gentleman, yeah, and sort of make sure you got the dates right, make sure you get the log of the hotel, blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, but again, that was another scene that was elongated. Yeah. You had why lots the, of why li- we, yeah, why why it had to be a long lurky scene around the National Motor Museum? Yeah, it's a bit daft really you know it was it was it was very sort of you know 1950s it was just a it was just a bit of nonsense really. it was a bit nonsense also they, they seemed to get a school party and they kept lingering around these yeah. these kids and that there was were a girl who desperate not yeah. to look at the camera yeah and there was a girl with a bag that had vosine on it i mean <laughs> why, why why do you have a medicated shampoo <laughs> bag 
It's just, it's just like they just rented rented a coach load of kids. But it's quite interesting because we watched that documentary on Amazon Prime about the Lord Montague, Lord Montague for Bewley, and again he has quite a, he had quite a salacious um, sort of background yes. with regards to his rampant homosexuality and well, I don't think being that's called how, that's that's not the, that's not how I would term it. I would think he. He was bisexual. He was bisexual and sort of he was in the sort of the, the society things and they basically stood him up and he just, he, in fairness, he, he, he was very much a bit like sort of like the the Charles Freer sort of model really rather than the bisexual thing. Although they should really investigate. Charles, what are you talking about? Well, Charles, Char- well Charles Freer with his background because obviously he comes from a wealthy family because his family is so we know in later episodes that he comes from landed fat, sort of gentry um, and his father was a bit of a jack the lad that married the wife married his mum mum had all the money and then he acquired the money and then treated her like crap um, so it's a, it's a bit of a of a thing and I think that's part of the reason that Charles is like he is with Ken Masters because although Sort of, well, say I'm putting summer. I'm I'm putting this this backstory in because obviously we well, haven't that met. None of us know this at this point. We haven't time. met Edward Freer, but it does make a little bit of sense if because obviously the father being brought in was part of the trajectory of the show. Yes. Um. So it's quite interesting how Charles is with Ken. It sort of the it resonates with regards to his relationship with his father because his father was a little bit on the wrong side of the tracks, and try to make good but try to make good with other people's money and was a little bit ruthless with it so and ken it's masters very deep i know yeah. very deep but i think that the, 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 there's so much depth with these characters it's not just shoulder pads and fashion um although jan had a very lovely top on oh it's a whole sort of outfit wasn't it sort of like they sort of gray white and lemon i quite like, like that a tapestry kind yeah, of tapestry esque. i quite like that that was very good and, uh, and kate is still very fond of her tie neck blouses oh kate kate i, I think they kate, do make her look like she's ready for a shift at the bank though but um <laughs> so hey, the building society, the, building society. <laughs> the tarrant building society <laughs> It's a super saver thing. I wonder what I wonder what gifts the kids get. I used to love my Griffin my, my Griffin bag. I think it was a Midland yeah, Midland. Midland Bank used to have the Griffin bag, so it was like a duffel sort of a duffel bag. And you've got a dictionary, a protractor and um other gubbings. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I grew up in Scotland, we didn't have the Midland Bank. It is not. Uh, no. did you get anything freebie with your bank? Um I remember once getting a a uh, a picky bank f- from I, don't know, I can't remember for it was probably Bank of Scotland that's who my parents banked with and uh, yeah so I probably I, I seem to remember having a plastic uh, piggy bank oh. with, with with a bank logo on and I, I I assume it was Bank of Scotland oh. well so I did ha- I had NatWest had a Perspex Globe piggy bank um, and then they bought out the NatWest piggies um, they had the mm-hmm. range of piggies where if you saved up so much, yeah. I, I opened an account, but I couldn't be bothered saving. I didn't really, yeah, yeah. So I was, yeah, I was more Barclays. <laughs> didn't get anything with Barclays, but my grandfather worked for them. Right. So yeah. <laughs> it was so a bit of loyalty. Then. Yeah, a little bit of loyalty. So yeah, so we've got so we've got a little bit of nonsense with Charles. We've got business bollocks, and then we get interesting Charles thing where he's setting up sort of honey gardener with this gigolo um so so he can expedite his 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 divorce quickly um we have gerald and um gerald's storyline we have a little bit of gerald and polly polly looking delightful it's a bit of friction there between gerald and polly apparently gerald has has been accusing polly of being extravagant yes because uh, he spent two hundred and fifty thousand on that house. Oh my god! Oh my god! That house is amazing. You'd probably add a, a couple of zeros. You'd probably a few on, zeros in the back, of that, the back now. of that now. Yeah. So because oh. that spent two hundred fifty thousand was a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, it was because I think oh, this was done in this was in eighty six. I bought my first house. Um, in ninety four and 
I say, well, yeah, it was a lot because I bought my first house in '94 for twenty-two thousand. Wow! Um, and um, I got heavily discounted on it. But um, my parents bought their house in the late seventies for eight thousand. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, so two hundred fifty thousand was a bucket load of money. And it, yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. I wonder if that house is still on the market. I was lurking around the right move anyway. So, but yeah, we're, lo- not, we're not buying it. No. <laughs> It's got a lovely arg. It's got a triple arg. It's lovely. Um, so, Polly is still rallying a bit and is looking for an apology from from Gerald. Yeah. Because uh, um, she seems to think that he just larks about all day. I imagine working for Charles Freer would be intensely stressful. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's, sorry, yeah. So, um, so, she's looking for an apology and asks for the apology. And while they're still having an argument, but they're still being very sedated, they're having an argument. She's there reclining on the sofa, and Gerald arrives, and she gets up, and she's still drinking a gin and tonic. I imagine it's a gin and tonic, um, and or a so, gin and it. I think it was probably more. No, it was a tonic. There was tonic water on, right. on, on the on the bar oh. bar stand, um, and they're having an argument, and she still sort of sedately passes the, the gin, and that sort of while while Gerald she, is still she does housewifely duties. <laughs> Even so, when you're having a fight, you still fix your husband a drink. Well, no, no, he pick, fixed her a drink. Oh, she, she was drinking a drink and then she, she drunk it because she went into the went from the drawing room into the uh, the other room where the other officer is, um, and sort of they were saying, "All oh, right, okay, well, we've got say so they've got a, a sort of we've got, got to show appearances because obviously Oren's family are very very wealthy and blah 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 blah." And Gerald, so now is not the time to go cutting back on extravagant lifestyles and, and you've got to keep up with the Hudsons yes yeah, so you've got to keep up with the Hudsons and, yeah, and I imagine are probably far wealthier than the Urkers oh yeah well they are I mean they're along so the Hudsons are along the same lines of, of Freer I would imagine um, well they are because they've got multinational companies and things like that wow. so they don't work for someone they work for themselves Gosh. or they've got other people to work for them um, yes. so and Gerald makes a very very pointed sort of thing well I don't think a marriage is going to happen anytime. They don't. There's not exactly love's young, <laughs> young dream. Yeah, and again, he has a point there. Uh, and Polly had been a little bit short, short-sighted and said, "Well, why did you say that?" I say, uh, and then admits, "Well, I'm actually quite surprised that she got, got a baby in the first place." Yeah, not surprised as the rest of us. Yeah, but say so while all this is happening, there's no sign of Orin, William, or Abby. Um, we see and uh, we have uh, a scene with Leo who's wandering around the yeah so Leo is still making his unwanted presence felt in the Urquhart household because with the, they're plotting ways of um, stopping the development stopping the, the wildlife preservation being being built over being turned into the Tarrant Marine village with on-site casino and so on and so forth yeah yeah but we we have another long protracted scene of leo wearing sort of wearing a biker jacket and wellies and wellies wandering around this development peering through a chain link fence and looking out to see and it felt like a bit like sword and the stone that it was going to wade in and pull a sword out and sort of do he-man like master of the universe sort of routine um (laughs) But so we only don't we only see it a little bit, and then we have a conversation with Abby, Orin, and Leo about what they're going to do with regards to this. And Orin's, Orin's really the voice of reason, reason and trying to, I guess, what he's trying to suggest that maybe it's not quite as as clear. straightforward as you think it might. Because like, he's he's got the business, the business aspect to it, and obviously he comes from a business family, so that's it's just oh. Yeah, I, mean, I I was quite grateful that we didn't have more of this, all, all of the Leo and Abby storyline because it has got a little bit. It, I, I, it feels as though the writers have sort of like don't know what to do with it now. Yeah, um, but yeah. We, we, so well, it's all moved on. It's all very much moved on into much more sort of businessy. So it's, it's and... sort of the business, but we got we got we're heavy on business bollocks, but we're now back in. Firmly within the Howard, the Howard, and sort of Ken Mastersy world and orbit, um, so it's it's more of the sort of the Jan and 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 Tom 
aspect so we see our so we have the episodes sort of it's one of the earlier scenes we have avril playing the piano yeah playing chopsticks very well um and then there's a knock at the door and she invites the person in thinking it's tom and it charles freer comes in and gets and says we say oh to make a drink and he says i imagine it's capari and soda is yeah, it so we so we so we learn that um avril's favorite tipple is campari and soda, campari and soda. You know something i've never had campari no never in my life i don't think i have either I've no idea what it is or what it tastes like. I imagine it's quite a sweet drink. I would imagine. I'd imagine if it's a lady's a lady's tipple. Yeah, so uh, it'd probably be non-threatening. A non-threatening sweet drink. Yes. So, uh, so there's a bit of a, a, a sort of argy bargy with Charles and uh, an Avril. Yeah. So it seems that Charles is still trying to to woo to woo. Uh, and and vagal his way back into her good graces. And also, it just seems to noticeable that from being uh, a part-time PA to this chief exec, uh, Avril is now on the board of Relta Marine. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah, I, I'd say her, her, her career trajectory <laughs> is, a, is, a little bit, is a little bit roller coaster. From going it's, from two days a week as, as, yeah, as she's now CEO, on the board. Uh, CEO, PA, it's gone from being on the board and he's offering a directorship. Yeah, and it's just oh, yeah, yeah. And of course, the other thing that we learned in this episode, which came as a little bit of a surprise to me, maybe it shouldn't, maybe I've not just not been paying attention. But it seems that Tom and Avril are still um, bumping uglies. Yeah, I mean, I think they've only kissed on screen four times, and it was the fourth time was in this. Well, have you been counting? I think so. Well, we had we had been marking it off on a calendar. Well, I think that's that's pretty much. Yeah, so, I think so, so for them to be four times because they, they had to like tense conversations in previous episodes, and I was got the impression that their their brief romance yeah had fizzled out, but it seems not. So it seems not. Of course, it could just be friends with benefits. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 more of a casual rubbing along quite nicely. But he is living in the Jolly Sailor. That's become apparent. And what what really really confused me though was. If he's living in the in in the Jolly Sailor, yes. why did he not? Why didn't he not? Why did Tom not decide? Oh right, actually, I'll, I'll just, stay. I'll, I'll stay, stay on the boat. On the boat, yeah. I suppose. But well, it seems a really big boat as yeah, well. It seems very comfy. And we have we do seem to have a lot more on location filming. Yeah, but there's there's a very good reason why he did he didn't volunteer. Why? To, because that wouldn't further the plot. Oh. oh. And plus, the boat is about to leave, so it's a lot of faff to move off the Jolly Sailor into the uh, out of the Jolly Sailor into the um, uh, the boat. I don't think it would be a permanent. Even if he did volunteer, he'd probably s- still keep his room at, at the Jolly Sailor. He'd just be bunk- just, he'd just bunking, be up, bunking on up on the boat. Yeah. So in the uh, way that Lynn is. Yeah. So um, so we have a really nice touching part with Lynn and Tom uh, where Lynn stay on the boat she's listening to classical music she's reading a paperback and um, basically it's all sort of lovely lovely lovely, lovely, lovely. and they're sort of their their father daughter bonding and there's there's now now Jack's had his accident there's talk about who else is going to do it the Relton board have been told that sort of no one's going to do it and Sort of Lynn is in in proximity, hearing they need a good PR stunt and blah 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 blah. That leads on to the conclusion of this episode. Dun, dun, dun. Where is the yacht? It's gone. It's gone. And where's Lynn? Where, She's where gone the, too. Where are the charts? To the get charts. Across? Where oh. are the charts? Where are the beans? Where oh. are the tins of beans? Oh, where's the tins of beans? Where's all the technology? Oh, it's all on the boat. Oh, has the boat been stolen? Oh, has, no. has Lynn been kidnapped by? By international terrorists. No, Lynn is doing her cross uh, cross Atlantic journey. Cue Marty Wilde. Woo! Sorry, Marty oh. Webb. Marty Webb, not Marty, Marty Wilde. <laughs> Marty Webb. It's a Marty. Yeah. Yay. Marty Kane. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that was really good. I, I really, I really did enjoy it. I, I think because it wasn't so. M- Do you know what slightly jars for me though? What jars for you? And this is just me. This is mm. just me. I find it slightly jarring. Oh, at the end of this episode, I find it slightly jarring, because we had we had Lynn sailing the sailing away into the sunset. Uh-huh. We had the 
the opening part of Marty Webb singing. And then we have another boat singing. going in the opposite direction. And, and well, yeah, and then we've a cut to th- that st- bit of footage of the boat, and it was it just seemed a really jarring transition. The mm. color grading is completely. You wouldn't do that. That would not happen in yeah. a modern production now. So the color grading is different. As you say, the boats moving in a different direction it yeah. just it just feels like a really jarring transit even if even if it was a crossfade it would it would be a bit less jarring but just that sudden cut to a completely differently color graded bit of film just really they should have had had the t- closing sequence being the closing se- sequence they could have had a long shot of of the barracuda sort of going further into the the into distance. the distance, you know, that would have that been would have worked just much more sympathetic than yeah. that, that sudden cut to, yeah, to that sort of shiny blue sea and so on. It just looked really yeah. different. I, I, yeah, I mean, that did jar a little bit, but oh, such it was, it was just. I'm just nitpicking. Yeah, nitpicking. Just picking nits. So we haven't really just pre-discussed who would do the reboot recast. So, just as a throwaway, let's do the gigolo. Oh, okay. Uh, who could we have? As, who, who uh, as, have? as who, who, it would have to be someone handsome. Handsome. Hmm. Handsome. I would say, just to keep the connection with this episode, uh-huh. um, Rupert Penry Jones. Oh. And the connection is that his father is one of the board members of Relton. Uh, who would I pick? Oh, Zac Efron. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'd pick Zac Efron. Actually, yeah. Actually, I'd pick Zac Efron because uh, he's now a little bit more husky than he was. Sort of pretty boy in that Disney thing. Um, yeah, Zac Efron. I think he. I'm would... sure he'd make a marvelous gigolo. Gigolo, gigolo. <laughs> oh, who's that person? Is in Juice Bigelow. Um, <laughs> that, it's not Adam Sandler, but it's a similar of that of that, that ilk. ilk. Some of that ilk. <laughs> that would actually be quite quite amusing. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think that would quite work. No, do you not think? I don't uh, think. Oh well, no. Yeah, but I think Zac Efron. Zac Efron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so I give this this episode a thumbs up. It did feel as though they were padding it out. A bit of padding, but there was, there yeah, was they, plenty, they to, with plenty of shots. entertainment. There was plenty of entertainment, and I think it was nicer that you had the storylines as it, sort of as, it, as it was, rather than too many storylines, and it's getting a bit confusing yeah. where this is. It was quite a... A linear yeah. way of So we doing sort of it. keep the pot boiling with the Kate horse storyline. So it's referenced. There was a bit of reference. Where but I think it's, the, not, it's not front and centre. The horse is now costing her more than she expected. Yes. Um, and she's probably going to have to curtail on things. So that's setting up things to come. But I don't know. Can't they just send it to... With the glue factory. Yeah. I mean, because it's... Why would you have to... Yeah, I mean, I can appreciate if you've got vet bills and things like that. But then, if the vet bills become too expensive, then with racehorses you do make that decision to cut it. Oh. oh. Yeah. Speaking of which, we've got more episodes of Trainer to watch. Yeah. <gasps> Yay! I have to say, I do like Trainer. It, 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 it's like a landlocked Howard's way. Yeah. <laughs> there might even be a I don't know a little podcast in there. There will be a podcast coming for Trainer. Won't we do an episode by episode one? But I think doing a, an, a whole encapsulation once we've watched both series, that will be fabulous. So in the meantime, it is now Jonathan signing off from oh. this gorgeous antique dust, yes. Howard's Way fan. Yeah. Follow along. Don't forget, 8pm on a Sunday, it's the tweet along for the episode. Hashtag Howard's Way. Hashtag Howard's Way. So it's and you can find us on all social media at Antique, at Antique Dust, Dust. on Facebook, on Twitter, Twitter. on Bebo. We're not on Parlour. We're not on Parlour. Oh, actually, I did I did open a Parlour account. Really? I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I looked at it and I thought, this is horror. This is. It's not for me. This is like straight into the Clue Clubs Bye. clan. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
<laughs> I think Parler's been taken offline or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, anyway. this is Rob saying goodbye. But, uh, it's Jonathan. Bye bye. Bye. Listening to the Howard's Way podcast from Antique Dust. <laughs> <laughs>